Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and welcome to episode 71 of Nintendo World Report's connectivity podcast, The Puddle in the Drought. This week we've got two segments for you. First up, Neil and Patrick look at quarter ones of years past to see how they stack up against 2013. In our second segment, myself, Scott, and Patrick talk about games we've been playing recently. Enjoy the episode. to another segment here on Connectivity. I'm your host, Neil Ronahan, and with me today to talk about Q1 Through the Ages is Hello. Patrick Barnett. Um, so this idea kind of spawned out of the crushing disappointment that most of us felt when we saw the initial Q1 2013 the initial, lineup. It still kind of is. Which, <laughs> well, well, we got more clarification on games actually coming out which I guess for Wii U, it's still crushingly disappointing. But I think for 3DS, it actually didn't really make an about face, but we just got like confirmation that Luigi's Mansion is coming out in March and yeah, stuff like that's, that. That's the very end of like, Q1, so almost Q2. Yeah. Yes. Still counts. Logistics. Still counts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it seemed like it would be a cool idea to go through the past past few Q1s and kind of discuss what games came out and how this current Q1 kind of stacks up to the past. Uh, We're going to go back as far as Q1 2007, kind of the first Q1, um, you know, of of, of the Wii. And also compared to how how the Wii U is, this is the same position. And let's, let's get right going and talk about the Wii in early 2007, in which they had two Nintendo games, which... And, and two Nintendo games that came out in January and February, which makes it exactly two more Nintendo <laughs> games than the Wii U has in January and February. Yeah. It's that those two games, WarioWare Smooth Moves and We Play, just about, I think, I don't know, by the, by the end of February, it might be the same amount of retail games just with those two games. The only ones I can kind of think of off the top of my head that will be out by the end of February is, is Rayman Legends, but there might be another game. I can't think I of anything, know. actually. Yeah, but I mean, we do need to keep in mind eShop and everything, because that is a little We've bit had of a two eShop games at this point. Yeah, and it seems like we might be getting to the point where the Wii U eShop gets a weekly release, because we know Puddle is coming out this week, and next week I, I kind of assume Zen Pinball 2 this is to the out. North I think the only reason why too. it's not out... Oh, okay. Then maybe Zen Pinball 2 will be... I wouldn't be say we're at the point of now. one a week. I'd bet maybe two a month I'd go with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, um, yeah, the cave was last I, week. I think it's so. just happenstance that we're... If this keeps up, if yeah. this keeps up... I had my fingers crossed, but I'm not really <laughs> betting on it. Yeah, and we still have uh, Runner 2 should be coming out within the yeah. next month or so as well. Seems like that's getting very, very close to release. Um, but anyway, 2007, the other third party or the other, the third party Wii games are Sonic and uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings came out in February. There's also Cooking Mama Cook-Off, which came out in March, and Korimpa Marble Madness, which also came out in March. The only one of those that I played was Sonic and the uh, Secret Rings. Was that? Yeah. This was, yeah, this was kind of like, uh, I mean, this was definitely the calm before I became a Nintendo World Report <laughs> staffer. Uh, I became a staffer in... Uh, I guess Q2 2008, by the time I actually got on board. 
but I mean, this is when I was I was heavily into Wii. I was in college. I had some disposable income. It was a good time, and I remember being real excited for smooth moves, uh, getting Wii Play so I could get another controller, and getting Sonic and the Secret Rings right when it came out, and mildly enjoying that game. Uh, it was that's probably the last Sonic game I enjoyed in any way, shape, or form. I, I rented it back when it came out, and I thought it was mediocre. But I mean, yeah. what what did I know back then? I was young. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like uh, how old was I in Q one two seven eighteen something like that so I guess you would have been like, like ninth what? ninth eighth or ninth grade in high school <laughs> yeah like thirteen fourteen around there yeah that, that was a long time ago um and on DS during that Q one we had three Nintendo releases although I I think these are like some of these are games that we'd probably see as eShop games now. You got Hotel Dusk, which came out in January. WarioWare Master of Disguise came out in March. And Custom Robo Arena, which also came out in March. I, I've i never played any I of those games. I haven't played any of these. To be completely <laughs> honest. I've always wanted to check out Hotel I, Dusk. I own it, actually. Um, I, mean, I, I guess I have played it <laughs> for maybe 10 minutes. I almost bought it. I almost bought it used recently. But I figured I'll wait until I actually, until I actually play mm-hmm. 999. That's been sitting on my two-play pile for a long time. Also, The World Ends With You is another game. Yeah, you, you should that get to that pile. one first. Good <laughs> fire yeah. emblem. I see. I see. Uh, some of the other releases in Q1 2007, uh, Phoenix Wright Justice for All came out in January, Spectrobes came out in March, and Lost in Blue 2 came out in March. Keep in mind, these aren't exhaustive lists. I might have missed something. If I did miss something egregious, totally write in and tell me how I missed it, because I'd honestly be curious. All honesty, Q1 2007 for DS, a little on the weaker side, but on Wii, I mean, for coming right off the console's launch, that's kind of what I expect. And that's what makes Q1 2013 for the Wii U yeah. so depressing. I, I mean, I'm looking over, we have a spreadsheet up with all the different lists right now, and just, I think that this Q1 here looks the weakest out of all of them, and it, it's yeah, really depressing I to see that. I definitely agree. As it's even yeah, it's better than what we're facing right now. Yeah. And I mean, that th- there is something to be said about, you know, that, that period right after a launch is always going to be dead, whether you like it or not. Um, but it's still kind of disheartening, especially after Nintendo said repeatedly and repeatedly, or specifically Satoru Iwata, made the comments about how, oh, you know, right after the Wii U, it's going to be different. We're not going to make the same mistakes we made with the 3DS. And and voila, they made the same exact mistakes. The problem the was creating that term launch window. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I would be a lot more positive about Q1 2013 on the Wii U if I didn't expect... I mean, not that I truly expected it once we got closer to it, but they did say that Pikmin 3, Wonderful 101, and Wii Fit U would all be out by the end of March 30, by the end of March 2013, back in September, and they reiterated that until, I think, like the system came out. So, the two-month window when they're like, this is what's going to happen, and no, no, that's not. At least Japan was a little more realistic. They were giving those games a spring spring release. Yeah. Um, so I'd actually say the blame probably falls squarely <laughs> on Nintendo of America. Because they're the people that held to that launch window concept for games that clearly weren't making the launch window. So moving on to Q1 2008. We've got On the Wii, Endless Ocean came out in January, and Super Smash Bros. Brawl came out in March. 
I think just the inclusion of Brawl makes that a hell of a coupon. Despite it, getting, it did get pushed back, I think, like almost last second, a couple weeks, right? If I remember. Yeah, uh, I think it was slated for December initially. I, I thought it was like a February uh, release. And, oh, oh yeah. And, and then the, it got pushed yeah. back like, two weeks before launch. Yeah. Yep, yep. Because the Japanese one, I think, was supposed to come out in January and wound up coming out in February. Even still, I mean, only two games, but those are two solid games on opposite ends <laughs> of the spectrum. Indeed. I, I, Some I, I, I would have been content with yeah. just Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Well, I, I should say I was yeah. because I didn't pick up Endless Ocean. So. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I loved Endless Ocean 2, which we'll get to, I think, in about two, two Q1s. Um, but the other third-party games that came out in Q1 2008, we got Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, the Phoenix Wright, uh, kind of parody of a fantastic cartoon that Patrick has not seen, but I actually recently watched a bunch of last weekend, and I love me some Harvey Birdman. We had Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, No More Heroes, which is a pretty pretty excellent third-party release. You had the Bully remake, which was also, uh, by all accounts, really solid. Uh, Sega and Superstars Tennis, which was a March release, which was actually my first review for this Ooh. site. Gave it a 7.5. I enjoyed that game. And then uh, House of the Dead 2 and 3, the, the kind of light gun compilation of two arcade mm -hmm. games. It was a pretty solid Q1 yeah. for Wii. There's a lot of stuff there for everyone, I guess. No More Heroes, got your more hardcore rated M, if I can use yeah. those terms. <laughs> yeah. You got a racing game, you got a quirky courtroom comedy simulator. You got a tennis game. You got light gun games. Sega had a hell of a Q1 that year. Was Sonic Riders, was that kind of like a precursor to Sonic and All-Stars Racing? Same vein type of thing? Uh, no. No. I think that was a Sonic team okay. joint. Sega Superstars Tennis was actually, I think, a precursor to that. Or I, think, yeah, I just mean, was Sonic Riders like a racing game as Sonic characters? Is that what it was? I'm a... It was like a, you were on like a airboard or something. Mm -hmm. It oh, was okay. pretty dumb. Really, the tennis game is kind of a precursor to that, because that also had, you know, a whole variety of Sega characters as opposed to just mm -hmm. Sonic. On DS, you really only had one Nintendo release, and that was Advance Wars Days of Ruin. Just the last appearance of Advance Wars. I've been kind of meaning to pick this game up, because I've never played it. I've I played a, a bunch of Advance Wars DS kind of recently, but the first one. And really I, I picked this one up, and while I enjoyed it, I didn't like it nearly as much as the first DS game. Just something about it where it didn't feel yeah. as fluid. It's not, I mean, it's the, the, the one that's not cartoony, so, it, you know, there's something lost there. Um, some of the other releases on DS, we had Rune Factory 2, Nano Stray 2, Etchery and Odyssey 2, Space Invaders Extreme, Super Dodgeball Brawlers, and Ninja Gaiden Dragon Sword. Um, Etrian Odyssey 2 is kind of humorous <laughs> because um, almost exactly four years, five years later, we're getting the fourth game on 3DS in yeah. February. I'm, I'm curious where the third one And you're on the review for that. Then. I think it was also was a it? Q1 game. Hmm. I'm not going to peek ahead, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was. We'll find out. Actually, no, that might have been like a September release. I forget. I remember when that game came out, but I don't remember when it was. Hmm. Um, so, you know, DS, you definitely can kind of tell with DS compared to 3DS that 3DS is kind of, I guess, less of like 
sideshow with that. I mean, I don't want to denigrate the DS because the DS is a fantastic system. But it seems like with the 3DS, the games are kind of like not as ignored, if that makes sense. I, I think there's a lot of the 3DS, there's a more eShop stuff. Like looking over this list, I'm thinking maybe Space Invaders Extreme, Super Dodge Brawl, Brawlers, those types of things would probably be eShop releases. Yeah. Oh, yeah, straight to same same boot there. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's that's a precursor to Nano Assault, so. And that is coming to the eShop. That might be a Q1. We we don't know cuz we don't really know when eShop games are coming out until like a few days before. I'm just, I'm just looking week. at it and if you took those games out of the list and then looked at it again, it would just it's, be about the same thing as what we have now. Yeah. Mhm. So in uh, Q1 2009, we had a bunch of releases, uh, a lot of really good third-party ones. Like, uh, you had the Tenchu game, which, you know, it's a solid stealth game. Deadly Creatures, which is that weird game where you could be, like, a scorpion or a spider, which didn't really totally do it for me, but I kind of love that idea of that game. House of the Dead Overkill, which <laughs> was our site's favorite third-party Wii game and my personal favorite as well. Uh, the Dead Rising remake, which I don't think was as bad as everyone said it was. Still not, I mean, it's weird because it's like a downport of a of a 360 game. Sonic and the Black Knight, which, unlike Sonic and the Super Rings, is a total <laughs> piece of shit. Mad World, which is a fun game. Did I you did ever not. play Mad World? This is, this is uh, that Q1 where I did not get anything. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, there wasn't... I mean, it's not that like there wasn't a whole lot to get. It's just that there wasn't anything marked. There was nothing that I and wanted. Sega, Sega had another huge push because they had, you know, House of the Dead, Sonic, and Mad World. Um, I mean, Mad World's a fun game. I, I really, really dug it when I first played it, and I totally get why people don't like it as much. But for me, like, the first time you play that game and all its four hours of power... It's a great game, and then if you ever try to go back and replay that game, it is not a good game. <laughs> it's one of those things where I've always heard good things about it. It's just never interested me enough to go out and pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever feel like uh, it's mercilessly killing a lot of people and have it be very bloody and kind of fun, then check that game out. It's probably. Couldn't like I just get Bayonetta for that? Isn't that the same thing, basically? Maybe. I mean, it is made by the same people. I forget who was the director on Mad World. I don't know if it was Kamiya. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Was that? That might have been a Nava. I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah. We need Tyler. I don't know. We also had Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Echoes of Time, which was a uh, you know, Crystal Chronicles game that I believe also had a DS release, if that's the one I'm thinking about. And that was the one that had the weird, like, you could play the Wii and the DS together online or something. Or not online, but just like someone could have the DS version and someone could have the Wii version and you mm. could all play. And the only two Nintendo releases in Q1 2009 were New Play Control Pikmin and New Play Control Mario Tennis, Mario Power Tennis, which is kind of a fucking travesty. Um, and I think that's probably the weakest Q1, e even weaker than the, well, I don't know. At least from a Nintendo standpoint, I think that's even weaker because, like, there's not an original Wii game throughout yeah, this entire If you're quarter. one of those people that only buys Nintendo-published games, you, you basically lost out there. Unless you wanted to replay games, you yeah. probably already played. Yep. But, yeah. 
I mean, this was, I think 2009 in general was kind of a weak year for Nintendo. That might have been, they were focusing a lot on motion. Was 2009 when Galaxy came out, or was that 2008? No, that was 2007. Because that was right before Brawl. I mean, if you've kind of noticed, especially with GameCube and Wii, there's about like a year after the system comes out, it's like there's this kind of like flurry of awesome games. Like if you look up, so GameCube came out late 2001. August 2002, Sunshine came out. Metroid Prime came out in November, and then Wind Waker was in March. So you had that like six month period, or a little more than six months, um, where you just had you know a lot of great games coming out. Uh, with Wii, you had the same kind of thing because you had it went you know November 2007 was Galaxy, and then you had Brawl in March, then you had Wii Fit and Mario Kart coming out in April and May. And even 3DS kind of had the, the same kind of thing, except for I would say that might have been a little closer, where it was just kind of like, you know, 3D Land, Mario Kart, and Kid Icarus, all kind of Within that in a year. row. Or... Yeah. And then, the, and then there was a lull afterwards. Mm-hmm. That was the same thing with Wii, because I think 2000, 2008 was the year of Animal Crossing. If I th- memory I think right. Yeah, that was Animal Crossing and Wii Music. 2009... Wound up, uh, I mean, later that year, that was New Super Mario Brothers Wii. So that was a, that was a lot much better. Looking much to much today, better. I guess you could say the same thing about Wii U because here we are, a couple months after launch, and soon at least we'll get Pikmin Three, Wonderful One Hundred One. Yeah, um, Wii Fit, U. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we should be heading to a flurry of releases just because. That's well, I have a feeling with this, we'll get like a small flurry and then a bigger flurry mm-hmm. in the fall. So on DS, during 2009, the two Nintendo releases were Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, which, you know, four years before the next Fire Emblem game came out in North America. Seems like there's certain windows for certain games. And then uh, Pokemon Platinum is a March release. And then uh, third-party games, you had the Renegade Kid-developed first-person shooter Moon, Retro Game Challenge, Dragon Quest V, Puzzle Quest Galactrix, GTA Chinatown Wars and Valkyrie Profile. Um, I think that is a subtitle, but I did not write it down. This is when the DS is kind of amazing. <laughs> I can look at that, and there are like four games that are fantastic. And I don't even play pay, play Platinum at all, but like Shadow Dragon, Dragon Quest V, Chinatown Wars, and Retro Game Challenge, all really great games. I only played Retro Game Challenge on that list, actually. Like Chinatown yeah, I mean, Wars at was this one of those point, things sh- where it was another one of those like Mad World games where I just never got around to it. Yeah, yeah. Chinatown Wars, for for what it is, is in like you know a GTA game on DS. Wasn't was there a incredible. lot of top down stuff? Okay. Yeah, well that's that's okay. how, that's how it was, but but it was great. Like it is a really really surprising. So it was game. a GTA game designed around the hardware specifically. Yeah. Yep. And then it wound up, like, I think it was ported to PSP and iOS or something. But the DS version, I still think, is the best. Um, now we get to 2010, which was another kind of weak Q1 for Nintendo on Wii. Because the only game they really had was Endless Ocean 2. Um, and then across the board, we had a whole bunch of games, though. We had Skycrawlers, The Innocent Aces, Katsunoko vs. Capcom, No More Heroes 2. Shirin the Wanderer, Super Monkey Ball Steppenroll, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, Mega Man 10 coming out on WiiWare, Calling, 
Fragile Dreams, and Red Steel 2. That's a pretty great Q1. I mean, I, I love Red Steel 2. To this day, that's one of my favorite third-party Wii games. I, I think that game's excellent. I think it's interesting. Weren't Calling and Fragile Dreams both kind of that survival horror game? Yeah. Um, Calling, I think I reviewed <laughs> that, but um, if I recall, that was like a weird first-person game in a school with like weird dolls. Mm-hmm. And Fragile Dreams is kind of this post-apocalyptic thing. It just um, it just feels like the I mean, same both kind of survival horror. Released, both in yeah. large. I've I've always been curious about Fragile Dreams, but I've always been kind of put off by it because it seems like it's kind of a, a little bit obtuse, um, as far as I can tell. And it also was kind of hard to find, so I just gave mm-hmm. up after a while because I was like, I don't even know if I'd really enjoy this anyway. Yeah, and then Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing was really really good. Always wanted to kind of play the Sheer and the Wanderer game on Wii. Kind of also falls into a Fragile Dreams category. No More Heroes 2 I was a little disappointed by. I'm guessing you played uh, Mega Man 10 Tat- too, right? Yeah. Oh, I love Mega Man 10. I think that's... I think I like that I more than 9. It. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I know. free on it's PS+. It's just a matter of me turning on my PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I played the Sly 4 demo and immediately became sold on that game after playing the demo. The problem I'm running into with Plus is there's right. just too much, and I just don't even bother downloading it. Now. Yeah. It's like every week there's another fucking game. It's amazing. Um, I mean, I, I usually download it all just so I don't miss out on it if it gets taken down. I think I might have missed out on Darksiders because I think after the THQ shenanigans, it might have been taken down before I could download well, I, it. For, for those that, that own a PlayStation, I think right now you can buy... 15 months of PlayStation Plus for the price of 12 months. So, yeah, it's well worth it. It's probably my favorite thing about PS or just Sony in general. I have a new Ninja Gaiden game to play on Vita, too. That's cool. But anyway, DS in 2010, uh, you had Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver and WarioWare DIY, were the, were the two Nintendo releases during that period. Oh, and also Glory of Heracles. Uh, that was another Nintendo release. I did not know that was a Nintendo An 8-4 release. joint. Yeah, um, it's actually like a... I believe it's a sequel to some NES game that never came out in America. <coughs> um, I mean, it's, a, it's an RPG. In January, you had Sands of Destruction, a Sega... I think it was a strategy RPG. Ace Attorney Investigations, which is a fantastic game. Uh, one that... I, I think I kind of like better than some of the, the regular Ace Attorney games, especially just because it kind of changed up the formula. And then you had Sonic Classic Collection, which was a compilation of Sonic games that, as far as I knew, ran like total shit on DS. Infinite Space, uh, which is the, the weird platinum games, like a strategy space game. I think James Jones got hardcore into it. And then uh, the new Mega... Or the, at the time, the newest entry in the Mega Ten series, Strange Journey. This was a Q1 where I pretty much only... I played Pokemon and Ace Attorney. I don't even know what I was doing during Q1 <laughs> 2010, but I feel like I didn't play as many games. I, I feel like this is that period where I, I think I was finishing for me. Yeah, I was finishing school then. Yeah. Like, I, I, I picked up Heart yeah. Gold, Soul Silver, but besides that, nothing really there that interested me. Yeah. And now, in Q1 2011, we kind of get to a 
the dry spell, if you will. I'd say, you know, 11 to 12 to 13 across the board was kind of weak. And that's mainly because the third parties left. Um, on Wii in Q1 2011, really the only game that came out from Nintendo uh, on Wii was Mario Sports Mix. And this was kind of the beginning of the end for the Wii. I believe there was a big stretch of time in Q1 2011 where there was like three retail releases on Wii or something. Uh, the other games that came out during that period were You Don't Know Jack, which you can probably find dirt cheap on just about any system, and it's totally worth it. That game's amazing. <laughs> I still play it on Facebook uh, occasionally. Yeah, I, I have that. I got the Wii version on like a Target and Dial, and I've played it a bunch, and it's so much fun. And it's great on Wii because you do kind of just, I mean, you have the remote, so it's like just having a buzzer. The Blob 2 came out in February 2011. I really, really love that game, and I'm even more sad about how that developer doesn't exist. And if anyone has a spare couple thousand dollars, anyone want to go in on getting the De Blob license from the THQ Legacy auction? Anybody? Write into connectivity at entitleworldreport.com. If you feel my De Blob sadness, there's probably at least two of you. I really enjoyed those games. I had only ever played the first one, no. and I didn't really like it. Yeah. I mean, the second one improved some things, but if, if you didn't like the first one, you're probably not going to like Every single level one. was just more of the same to me, and just not my thing. Lego Star Wars 3 also came out in March on Wii, and then Tiger Woods 12. That was, that was it. Like, I think that's an all-inclusive list. I'm not missing anything. <laughs> On DS, it was a, I mean, a great last hurrah for that system. I'm just going to read off just the DS games that came out in that period, because it's incredible. You had from Capcom, you had Ghost Trick in January, along with Kingdom Hearts Recoded from Square Enix in January. In February, Dragon Quest VI came out on DS, published by Nintendo, and it's the first time that game was ever playable in North America. Radiant Historia, which I think is probably the best RPG on the system, and then in March, you had Pokemon Black and White, you had Okami Den, and Monster Tail. That is, that is amazing, that Q1 for DS. And then the 3DS came out and had like four games worth playing. <laughs> I was like, which months. four are you referencing? There? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was saying more in the longer tail, but like, I mean, like Pilot Wings. Um, okay, okay, maybe it's just Pilot <laughs> I Wings. I picked up Street Fighter with I know 3DS. some people liked... Uh, Oh yeah, Street Street Fighter was was pretty good. Uh, Ghost Recon, for what or Ghost Recon Shadow Shadow Wars, for what it was, um, a lot of people seem to like that a lot. I, I didn't I'm sure like you could find much. at least one person that likes Steel Diver too. Somewhere, somewhere out there. Yeah, I think Zach Kaplan <laughs> likes Steel Diver. I know his net handle, in some places, is oh, Steel wow. Diver. That's really so great. <laughs> I think he changed his Twitter name to Steel Diver. Steel Diver was neat, but. Like, that would have been great as an eShop game. I think if that was just an eShop game, it would be kind of I wonder of if that was their plan initially, and then they didn't have the eShop up and running yet. Maybe. Like, it's not even available as, a, as an eShop download now. It's because no one wants it. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I was going to say, I know, at least in Japan, I think there's only, like, I don't think Nintendogs is a retail download yet. I don't think Steel Diver is and Kid Icarus is. I think Nintendogs just think came out, be. or is that just in North America? Okay. Maybe. Maybe that came out. Maybe that was one of the, the, the last holdovers. But I know Steel Diver and Kid Icarus aren't on there yet. So now we move to Q1 2012. 
And as far as I know, there were literally only three Wii games that came out in Q1 2012. So it's almost as... Uh, actually, it's still better than Q1 2013 <laughs> for Wii U. I mean, you had Rhythm Heaven Fever, which is incredible. You had Poke Park 2, which uh, I don't really remember hearing anything about that. I know Zach loved the first one. I don't know how his feelings were on the Zach second Miller. one. Zach Miller? I forget. He liked Poke yeah. Park. That's... Yeah. I mean, it, it, from... I remember playing, I don't think I ever played a demo for 2, but I played a demo for 1 at E3. And it was it was fun for what it was, because you just control a Pokemon and run around, and every now and then, like, you get in a fight or play a minigame. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nothing amazing, but I, I kind of see the appeal, because that sounds like a fun thing to dick around with for an hour or two. And then Mario Party 9 came out in Q1 2012, and that's easily the best Mario Party game there is. The best. Yes, easily. Like better, better than the N64 Mario Party. Yes. I haven't played it yet. Oh. If it... I, I Well, <laughs> I've been talking so highly of this game. The only time I ever played it was uh, before I sent the review copy to Pedro. I It was a Friday. It, we got it on a Friday, I believe. So I had a couple friends over, and we played it all night That's the Friday. the only time you've played it? Yes, but it was, it was so much fun. And then I sent it to Pedro on Saturday and it was kind of like, well, I don't want to spend $50 on that, but I do want to get it at some point. And I've been keeping an eye on it. Still see it for $50 everywhere because it's fucking Mario Party. <laughs> at least it wasn't like $60 I, when it came with the mic, I think, that time. <laughs> yeah. I, I really hope that, because uh, uh, last year at PAX East, you know, it was like less than a month after this game came out. And when we were in the free play area, Scott, Lauren, and I were actually looking to play Mario Party 9. We wound up playing Mario Party 8, which just kind of juxtaposed how fucking terrible Mario Party 8 <laughs> is to Mario Party 9. But I hope that this year they actually have it, because that would be a great game to free play with people. should have broke out Mario Party 5. It's my favorite. <laughs> I, think we, I think we could in the retro room. I can't wait for you to go to PAX East, yeah. man. I gotta get my car working. Be tons get of my fun. car working real good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on 3DS, uh, I thought this Q1 was pretty good, although for Nintendo-wise, it was a little weaker. Um, uh, it was mainly uh, the eShop kind of made this a lot better. On eShop, you had stuff like Mutant Muds, Dylan's Rolling Western, Lisa Kerr Samurai came out you around this time, too. could almost call VVVVVV a Q1 release. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, VVVVVV came out like December 27th, 2011. Maybe. I don't know. Something, something, something like that. weird. And then retail-wise, you had Resident Evil Revelations, Tales of the Abyss, Tekken 3D Prime Edition, Metal Gear Solid 3D, Kid Icarus Uprising, and Crush 3D. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid lineup. Maybe not from Nintendo, because Kid Icarus was kind of their only release. But still a, a very solid lineup. I, I really liked Revelations and Tales of the Abyss. I mean... Yeah. I like. I mean, I like Revelations plenty. I love Mutant Muds. Tekken 3D's and an abomination that should offend any discerning gamer. Um, Metal Gear Solid 3D was the nail in the coffin in that I'm not really into Metal Gear at all. I just, I don't know, I can't get into it. And Kid Icarus Uprising is kind of like, you know, vindication for my entire life. Do you have point. anything to say about Dylan's Rolling Western? <laughs> is bad. <laughs> I just... The aesthetic is awesome. Like, I, I just want to see that universe in a different game. That would make me very happy. Now we get to Q1 2013. Um, 
And really, I mean, the, the main releases on Wii U, we got Rayman Legends and Lego City Undercover. Lego City Undercover is coming out on, on my birthday, hmm. March 18th. That's so, that's sooner than. And I then remember. we have For some reason I thought it was a May. Yeah. I'm thinking of the D the 3ds oh, no, no. version. Yeah, the the 3ds one is late April. Or yeah, that's not it. Which is weird because it's a prequel. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then you know the the third party. Well, you got Rayman Legends as a third party game. Then you have Monster Hunter Three, Need for Speed Most Wanted. You even have Pandora's Tower. Although that might be an April release. I don't think a release date's confirmed yet. I think it's kind of rumored for late March or April. Um, and then you got stuff like the Cave Runner Two, and a uh, you know Toki Tori Two should be out. Zen Pinball Two. Um, but really, retail wise, like we're at the end of January, and I mean we had the Cave come out. There hasn't been a retail release since Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy back in early December. What was that? December? Is that December yeah, sometime in the first half of the month? Yeah, because I know Avengers was December fourth. I think so was Double O Seven Legends. Those games aren't even good. Like, come on now. I mean, the Wii U, it's a barren wasteland. It should get better. Um, if you believe Nintendo, then it should get better real fast after Q1. Because Wii Fit U, The Wonderful 101, and Pikmin 3 are apparently coming out in like a two-week period. And, and by that time, the eShop should be in a uh, better full yeah. swing. I mean, as I said at the beginning of this segment, I think we're really close to having a new game on the eShop. That's every all week. I want. That that moment when the 3DS hit yeah. that threshold. Yeah. I mean, even if the games like Puddle, for example, comes out tomorrow, which you reviewed, and uh, well, I guess talk about that game a little bit because it is a Q1 2013 release. I mean, it, it's really similar to Fluidity. That's the biggest comparison I could probably draw. I've only played Fluidity Spin Cycle. But but you just control different yeah. liquids, moving them left and right. You control tilting with uh, the ZL, ZL and ZR triggers, and you just kind of use physics. It's a physics platformer, just moving liquid around. I remember playing a demo for that, because that came out on I think, pretty much everything. I played a demo for it on Vita and did not really enjoy it, but I, maybe I'll check out the Wii. I, I like it. We do have that extra code. I, I like it more than Fluidity just because of the variety of stuff it has you do. Because you take on yeah. different liquids, I guess. Like like some levels you're playing as nitroglycerin, and then you can't run ah. into things too quickly, or it makes you explode. That's kind of funny. You I can like change that idea. liquids like every two or three levels too, so there's always something new. Yeah, that's cool. Does it feel like tech demo? Uh, th that's it, one of the problems where just... like each idea isn't really fleshed out. Like, so it's like night sky. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I think I'm probably going to check that game out, cause, uh, especially at least just to see how it compares to Fluidity more. And I did. Can you play a gamepad yes, only? Can. Awesome. Every game should have that. At every game. review I write, I just feel like it's a pro. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, But yeah, uh, Q1 2013 for Wii U. Eh. On 3DS, though, it's it's pretty ballin'. Uh, we got Fire Emblem Awakening. Our review for that just went up today. Zach, or not Zach, Scott loved the shit out of it. Uh, he gave it a 9.5. I I cannot wait for this game to the point that I think I'm going to download it at midnight on Sunday night as opposed to <laughs> waiting for a, a a physical copy. Because I have a pre-ordered GameStop, but GameStop told me that they won't get it in until Tuesday, to which I say, fuck <laughs> you. I, I hate Fire Emblem. Like I just always hate that concept of losing characters. And this may be the first one that I really play. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wrote the article for the site recently about how I played the entire first Fire Emblem game in my high school economics <laughs> class. Um, and that's the only one I've ever beaten. I've, I've played, well, I only played Sacred Stones, Bees, and the Ambassador program, and I legitimately fell asleep while playing that recently because uh, the dialogue takes a while. And I know you can skip it, but I was like trying to read it and then just passed out. Um, and then woke up like 15 minutes later and be like, oh, this guy's still talking. Uh, but I, I mean, I really dug Shadow Dragon. I played the Wii one. I like that too. Never finished those. I'm I'm really, really excited for Awakening though. It's just, it's been a while since I kind of got really, really into one of those games. I mean, it's been a while since any of them came out. The last one was Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. Wasn't that a remake too? Early 2009. Yeah, that was a remake of like yeah. the first one. That one has Marth in it. And this one just has like someone posing to be evil Marth or something. I don't know the lore. And then Brain Age Concentration Training comes out on February 10th. I'm kind of excited for that game. Uh, I played the demo, and I thought uh, the exercise that they showed off, the, the devilish calculations, was, was really neat. And I think I might read reviews more uh, and see how people like it. But I think it's something that I'll probably get, just because, especially having that digitally, that would be awesome to have. I want to wait and see how the uh, the full package is compared to like one or two yeah. games. Yep, yep. Um, and then we have Luigi's Mansion, which I can't wait for. I'm so so excited for that, especially with the, the announcement of multiplayer. Yeah, I, I I hope it's another Kid Icarus. Like March, March. Hopefully, <laughs> we gather around and just play Luigi's Mansion for say a month yeah. or two. Well, uh, keep in mind, for anyone anyone who might be going to PAX East you know, the weekend, uh, March 22nd to 24th, keep in mind when Luigi's Mansion comes out. That is Sunday, March 24th. And keep in mind that we are hosting a panel on that very day. Um, our panel is 11 a.m. Uh, or is it 12.30? Shit. Yeah, yeah, it's 11 a.m. Or is it 12? Yeah, yeah, 11 a.m. March 24th. <laughs> yes, March 24th. At the Arachnid Theater, we're doing Who Wants to Be a Nintendo Wear? And maybe, just maybe, if you are the best Nintendo Wear player there, you might win a copy of this game. Or at least the equivalent in eShop credit to go get this game. Or Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, if you hate yourself. I kind of, I think but, Pokemon um, Mystery Dungeon looks cool. I kind of want it. <laughs> I've never played one of those games yeah. before, and I think this might be the one. If you've never played one of those games, then maybe try it out. But I've kind of made my conclusion about about especially that series. I I, I mean, it seems like they're doing something a little bit new and maybe better. But I'm still wary. I'll hold off and wait for reviews. Seems to be my tune um, lately. But even still, I I would kind of hope that we have review copies of uh, or at least review copy of Luigi's Mansion by PAX East. And I'm slated to review that game, and I will be at PAX East, and there is download play. Single card download play? So if you're play. real curious... Oh, man. Yeah. So if you're real curious <laughs> about Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon's multiplayer, uh, come to PAX East and find me on Friday or Saturday, and, and we can totally play. Either that or we can just play Kid Icarus, because I've been hankering for that a lot. Um, and the Monster Hunter 3, are you, are you going to go down that... Go down that uh that rabbit hole. I'm gonna probably Hunter. get the Wii U version. Like, I'm I'm on the fence. I think like I don't know. I was I was kind of reading about it and thinking about it. 
listening to the 8-4 guys talk about it, because they're, they're big Monster Hunter zealots. Um, and this is the kind of game that I feel like I'll probably end up getting both yeah. and hating myself for it. Maybe not right away. And I think what, I'll, what I'd probably do is, is get the Wii U version to start, and if I get really into it, then I might end up getting the 3DS version, too. I may end up having getting... The, having that ability to switch between the both is kind of awesome, but I kind of hate that you have to buy both versions. Because, for example, I mean, with Sly 4, which I'm, I don't know if I'll get it when it comes out next week, but I, I plan on getting that game soon, and that has cross-buy, where you buy the PS3 version and you get the Vita version. And, um, you know, you can switch save data. And to me, that's really, really cool. And that's a $40 game that comes with both. For Monster Hunter Try, or Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, or whatever it's called, like, you need to drop, what, like $100? get both copies of the game i don't know if i can get behind that it, but i can i can probably get behind one of those i couldn't versions. get behind it right away i'd have to wait yeah maybe a month or two once you've exhausted maybe all that you can do in one version and you, and you just want more monster hunter then maybe you go do it well as, as far as i know it's just the exact same game it's just that you can switch save files between for 40 or 60 extra dollars i don't think that's worth it just for that yeah. feature yeah but um, I would kind of wish I had friends that were into Monster Hunter because then you could do like one person playing on Wii U and people playing on That's 3DS. That's what I'm very excited for because my my friends maybe, don't play a lot of video well, games, but they play Monster Hunter. <laughs> maybe maybe we do another live stream. <laughs> yes. Maybe we do one, one of those again. Show up. Yeah, we can play some Monster Hunter. I know Josh Max would be. Would would already be at my apartment if he knew that I was the one knocking that. on your door right now. Yeah. Well, Josh, how did you get here? Um, he's a he's a huge fan. I believe he will be reviewing the 3DS version. Now, Alex Kalafi is on one of the versions, and Josh is as well. Josh is a Monster Hunter veteran. But yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this segment as we kind of. Started spitballing about other Q1 games. Do you have any any final thoughts about our look through Q1s through the I, ages? Do you have a favorite Q1? I just don't think you finished reading off all the other 3DS games. Etrian oh, Odyssey oh, 4 in February, have... Sonic Racing Transformed in February, and Castlevania Mirror of Fate? Faith? Um, I can't remember. I'm trying to think. I can't remember the subtitle. Aaron just saw... It's Castlevania Lords of Shadow Mirror of Fate. Um... Aaron just saw this game, but I think even by the time this episode is up, the embargo won't be up. I think the embargo is like next Monday or something. I don't think it would be spoiling too much to say that he was kind of impressed by the game. Um, he'll have full impressions up whenever the embargo is up. But I know uh, I have a lot of reservations about that game, and they're, they're starting to be washed away. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what people thought who went to that event. Because it seems like that game might be cool. Maybe. I, I didn't like I the know. E3 demo, but... I hated okay. the E3 demo. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Too combat heavy. Too combat heavy. Um, but yeah. And actually, in Odyssey 4, I'm pretty excited for. Yeah. Never played one of those games and I've always Neither been curious. Not. And all I know is I people keep telling me I have to be ready to sink a lot of time into it. <laughs> but I guess it is a long game. Yeah. All right. So just kind of scanning over this list, what do you think your favorite Q1 is? And I guess you could kind of do like portable and uh, and home console. 
I think my portable would have to be uh, the DS in 2011. 2011. Yeah, 2011, because Ghost Trick and Radiant Historia are two of my favorite games. I'd pick, I think I'd go 2012 for 3DS. Like, I think that that would probably be in the top three easily. In 2011, all I had gotten during that Q1 was Okamidin and Pokemon Black White. So, yeah. I still haven't played Radiant Historia or Ghost Trick. Ah, Ghost Trick is so good. It's on my list. My list to get. And I think... I think for Wii, or at least, you know, home console, I think it would be 2008 or 2009. And 2008, I mean, you you had Brawl, you had No More Heroes, you had that Harvey Birdman game, and even Endless Ocean. Um, But the thing with 2009 is that even though Nintendo's output was pretty terrible... I feel like Sega's output kind of made up for that because they had Overkill, uh, Mad World, and then you even had THQ with Deadly Creatures, that Tenchu game. See, 2009 wasn't really for me, so I'd probably lean on 2008 more so. Yeah. I mean, I think Brawl is kind of the big sweater. I, I, I really like Bully, too. That. So that's yeah. just another factor. But yeah, I think that's uh, that is an episode of... or That is a segment on connectivity. And... um. Uh, you know, write in if you have any any questions or comments about our look through Q1 through the ages, and we'll see you guys yeah. real soon. Come see us at PAX. Hi. Yeah, March 24th, 11 a.m. Get your tickets. Sunday's still available. Bye. All right, bye. segment of connectivity i am scott thompson today i'm joined by mike sklens hello and patrick barnett hi and uh we're just gonna be talking about all the games we've been playing lately um a lot of different games actually some brand yeah. new some not out yet some a, a little bit older but nothing very old i don't think um i guess i i normally wouldn't start with myself but i guess i will just because of the game I am talking about. Yeah, you have um, the biggest one, so... <laughs> so I, I guess I should probably open with that. Um, so no no offense, guys. Um, but yeah, I, I've been playing and, and beaten and reviewed uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, if you haven't already, you can see my review on the site. I give it a 9.5. I'm uh, very, very happy with it. 
Um, I How did you always... feel about previous Fire Emblem games? Sure, I, I've always liked Fire Emblem, but I've actually never beaten any Fire Emblem game. Um, I, I actually, I really enjoy them. I mean, I love tactical strategy games. I mean, a few weeks ago I was talking about XCOM and how that was on my like you know favorite games of 2012. So I, I definitely love the genre. Um, I don't know what it is about past Fire Emblems that has sort of kept me from beating them. I feel but... the same way about about them. I know I had gotten what's the one they gave out with on the ambassador program? I, uh, I Sacred Stones. Yeah, I got sucked into that one for like an entire Thanksgiving like long weekend, like 4 days straight, and then after that I just never played it again. Never go back to it. Right. No. And that that's how I've always been. I I played Sacred Stones, I played the GameCube, I think Path of Radiance and then the Wii game Radiant Dawn. I played all of them and never beat any of them i've played um, i think four at this point and i've always just kind of quit halfway through because it just gets too difficult for me and i okay. can't risk losing characters yeah <laughs> i feel bad about losing characters too <laughs> well yeah i, I mean you never want to see those characters die and, and if you can't either win battles without letting anyone die or you can't just accept that characters are going to die and just keep moving through the game then yeah you're definitely just going to hit a roadblock and stop um but I, I guess the nice thing about Awakening is that you have the option to turn permadeath off. Can so, you change that setting like any time during the game, or is it no? Which is something I've, I've been I've been it's thinking just up about front. recently. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about recently. How that might be kind of cool. Um, but then again, I, I guess that would just let you kind of I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the fact that it just puts it up front and and then that's it. I mean, I, I feel like it's almost. Not like cheating, but I don't know. If you could just turn it off at will because you're having a hard time, it just I think it kind of cheapens the experience. I think Does it does the experience actually change if you have it turned on or off? Not in terms of like story or or anything like that. So you don't get like a better ending or something with it on? No, no. I mean not that I know I didn't play through it twice with the other mode, but as far as I can tell, no, it's all the same. Um But I can't imagine playing it with permadeath off i'm actually gonna write a feature about this that'll maybe go up the day this podcast goes up but i I, the thing about fire emblem that i think is so great are those moments where you're looking at the percentage chance you have a hidden enemy the percentage chance that he'll hit you back and you kind of weigh those options and you sit there because you know if you make the wrong move this character is going to die and it's either you know you move on without him or you have to restart the whole battle and so i mean there's just minutes where you're sitting there looking at these percentiles and just just sort of frozen and don't know what to do until finally you just sort of close your eyes, press the A button, and just and just hope for the best. Hope you know the the just dice roll in your favor in a way. Um, and I get that a, a lot in Awakening, and I love that feeling. And I kind of I don't know. I mean, I feel like you kind of lose something playing with without that that fear. You know? Yeah, the fear is definitely an element now. I guess I assume, like most normal people, you keep the battle animations turned on. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I always thought it was funny that there was an option to turn those off. Like, who out there is like so into Fire Emblem that they're like, I don't have time for the animations. <laughs> yeah, I just got to get into those battles. I just, I it's gotta... all about the numbers for me. I don't. This could be on paper, and I would still play it. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of bizarre, and you you, you can't turn those off again. Um, one one nice thing is while you're playing, you can hold the A button down, and it will um make everything move twice as fast though. So I left battle animations on, but during enemy encounters, I would pretty much hold the A button the entire time just to yeah. kind of speed through it and get to my turn faster. But I would still watch everything, um, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So Patrick, I mean, you could play without the, the permadeath if you chose to, and that, that would be fine. I just don't want to uh, run into a situation where I'm halfway through the game and you said it's like about 30 hours, right? 
It took me 30 hours, yeah, but I, I definitely didn't do all the, the side stuff. So, so I don't want to dump 15 hours into this experience and then I get stuck and then sure. I'd have to replay that 15 hours just to get caught back up to where I was. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could play on casual. I just, I don't know. I, I would tell anyone who who really can't get over the, the permadeath thing to go ahead and do it because it is a, a really good game and I, I thought the story was pretty interesting, uh, more so than any Fire Emblem game I've played. Um, I love the, the production value of these awesome animated cutscenes and, um, just the characters are pretty well realized as well. Um, and the, the 3D models are great. And yeah, I mean, it's just a fun game to play. So if you, if you're really afraid of that, then just go ahead and play on, on the casual mode as they call it. But it's nice they have that option now because yeah, yeah that is something like, you know, I always, I actually kind of like, like I'm a hardcore rock band player. I play on expert all the time, but if I'm having a bunch of friends over, I just turn no fail mode on. Like, right, absolutely. Perfect. I'm curious, yeah. Mike, what instrument do you play? Just a Guitar. Track. Just okay. guitar. I didn't know if you were drumming. I've been playing guitar guy. since Guitar Hero. I was really good at the drums for a while, but then I actually ended up fucking hurting my wrist because I played them too much, so now I don't play drums. <laughs> and I suck at keys. I don't ever really touch them. I never played the keyboard. I never got far enough into Rock Band to Rock Band 3 where the keyboards came into it. But and I, I'm, I I'm a to. decent singer. I can actually play the piano, so I've never tried out the keyboard, and I always wanted to. It's probably easy. You only play the right hand part, so. Oh, okay. So yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. I don't know. But Patrick, I I don't know if this game is just maybe a little easier. But I I mean, I beat the whole game without any character dying. Were you ever in and... a situation where you were like, "Shit, I have to start this battle over"? Oh, plenty. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there were a few battles I probably started off over four or five times. And then once you figure out what the enemy's general strategy is, because it does kind of stick the same. Like, oh, the big thing here is tanks, or well, not tanks, because it's medieval. But you know what I mean. Right, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of recognize patterns, and then you learn from your mistakes. So, like, you, maybe you're playing a level, and then all of a sudden, reinforcements come in from, like, where you started. So they, they come yeah. in behind you. And so, like, yeah, next oh, time you do the battle, you're like, I can prepare for this. <laughs> absolutely. So you move all your units up. You don't leave your, like, weaker magic units in the back to get kind of flanked by that later on. Yeah. Um, or just situations like that. Yeah, it was It's kind of dick of them to do that, like, ha-ha, we're flanking you, good luck winning now. Yeah, they, and in fact, Awakening, I mean, like I said, I haven't beaten any of the Fire Emblem games, so maybe later levels do this, but as you get further on, pretty much every level you can expect reinforcements at some point. Um, some levels it's easier to tell because they're like castle stages and there's like staircases that lead to like the downstairs and they always come up through those staircases, so you can just actually stand your units on those staircases and then the reinforcements can't come. But yeah, <laughs> then, then in other levels, like open fields and stuff, they'll just come in from the sides or the back or, yeah, all over the place, so you kind of have to be on your toes. Um, but yeah, I, I think the relationship system kind of helps with the, uh, I don't know, not letting your characters die very often. Um, I wrote about it in my review, obviously. I think it's a big aspect of the game, but characters as they fight next to each other and defend next to each other, um, they their relationship builds, and then the relationship levels up. Um, and when you stand your characters next to each other, you get uh, stat bonuses depending on the level of that relationship. So to start off, I mean, any two units standing next to each other will automatically get a, a plus 10 hit bonus. So you just have two characters stand next to each other, and your chance to hit automatically goes up 10%, which is awesome. Mm. Um, but as certain units uh, fight together more and more, They'll level up, and then you get added bonuses on top of that. So then you'll get an increased chance to critical and an increased chance to dodge. And even an increased chance that that second unit will attack with you, and which doesn't use his turn. So if you have two units standing next to each other, your first unit will attack, and then there's a, a small chance that the second unit will attack as well, 
Maybe you'll kill the unit, and then that second unit can still make his turn, move, and attack. Um, so there's a lot more strategy in like keeping units paired and building those relationships and keeping units with strong relationships together because they just, of all the benefits, they provide each other on the battlefield. Is there an easy way to tell which units have good relationships or is it kind yeah, of... Yeah, okay. there, there, there's a whole relationship submenu uh, that you can access from the uh, like the world map, the overworld map. And it'll show you all the characters that you, like, you. so you select one character. So, like, if you select your main character, it'll show you every character he can build a relationship with, which your main character can build a relationship with everyone. And it'll show you the current status of that relationship. So either C, B, A, or S. Um, and then you get, yeah, you get more and more stat bonuses the depending on the rank of that, uh, that relationship. There's no, like, experience bar, so you can't see, like, how close you are to leveling up again. But, I mean, you kind of get into rhythm of it. Like, every two battles, if you make those units fight together side by side for the majority of it, they'll level up. Um, and the S relationship is strictly for uh, classes of opposite gender. And when they hit the S relationship, they actually get married. And then they S have a, relationship. Yeah. And then, and then they have a baby and then you can actually have that, that kid join fight. your, join your team. Yeah. No, seriously. You can, you can have, you can fight with babies. Yeah. Well, it's not babies. There's a little bit of time travel in the game. And so what will happen is the, your, those two characters kid will sort of stumble from, from the future into the past where you're at. And then you can recruit them. So they're like weird adults at that point. That yeah, is there's, weird. There's a lot of time travel in the game. It's built into the game. Actually, I thought kind of a cool, cool aspect of the game. There's a lot of like science fiction injected into this. Like that is setting. the last thing I'd expect anyone to say about a Fire Emblem game. That's crazy. Yeah, right. There's like time travel. There's zombies. There's all kinds of stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, it was another aspect of the story that like kind of kept me engaged. They actually write it in as time travel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, yeah. So the story. I mean, it's like they use dark you- magic or something to travel through time. Yeah, like like what happens is in the future this um evil dragon is resurrected and it basically destroys the world and the main character's daughter um comes back from that future to like prevent the things that happened that led to the dragon's resurrection um and that's that's pretty much it so then she's fighting alongside her her father the the prince um the main <laughs> like <character>. terminator <laughs> yeah i guess kind of in a way sure <laughs> so um yeah but then so they they that there was like a time vortex and now other characters are like falling through from the future. So yeah, all your characters' kids will come through and you can recruit them. So it's kind of cool. The kids like have shared characteristics of the, their two, pa- uh, it's two parents. So like it might, uh, have the same class as one of the parents, like maybe like a thief or an archer or a mage. And then like they actually kind of look like the parents, which is they kind of did a good job of that. Like that actually does look like, like the face of the two characters combined. It's kind of neat. Um, but yeah, so it's cool. But yeah, you can absolutely see what, which characters can develop relationships and which can't, and that way you can kind of, you know, keep certain characters together and, and work on their relationships. So, but those stat bonuses make a huge difference in like a character living or dying. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Patrick. I, I, I don't want to tell you to do the 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 classic mode and then you get just mad and not be able to progress at some point, but. I, I think you'll be okay. I would turn it off just because I know if I really wanted to finish it, I would power through it and just keep replaying the battles. But if I could avoid it, like if I could avoid that, this just lower the stress level of the game, I think I would. I think if I go with that, the, the casual easier mode, I would probably still play it like I was playing on the Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just okay. that's a last resort <laughs> if I need it. <laughs> yeah, Fair if enough. there's just one Fair level enough. that's completely fucked you over or something. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and, and in that casual mode, I guess to explain, so a characters can die during a battle, but after the battle's over, they come back to life. And then you can actually save your game during the battle, so which you can't do in the classic mode. So if you make a move and it's disastrous and like two characters die and you don't think you're going to be able to finish the level now, you can just load your save and then change what you did. And, and, and you don't it. have to redo the so, whole battle. Right. You can just save at any point and then, and then come back. So you could save every turn if you want and then come back if, you, you know, if you're real, yeah. I don't know, OCD about it. <laughs> I think you could do something similar to that in Advanced Wars, which is kind of similar tactical RPG. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I I wrote my review, and, and not that it's a new thought, but I think like this Fire Emblem game, um, and all of them really, are, it's kind of like Advance Wars meets Pokemon. Um, I mean, I, I you could even sort of maybe take the Pokemon aspect out of it, but just the fact that yeah, I mean, you've got the the tactics there, and then certain units are effective against other units, and other units are weaker against certain units, and just that whole it's that triangle that, that they always thing. do. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's like swords are better against spears, and spears are better against axes, and axes are better against swords, or something like that. But yeah, yeah. that's that's how it goes. So, um, but yeah, just super impressed with the game. I, I think it's the best Fire Emblem game to date. It's it's easily the most accessible, most inviting. Um, if you haven't played a Fire Emblem game yet, there's no reason not to go ahead and dive in. Like if you've always been curious, you you've wanted to play, but for some reason maybe they just have scared you away with the permanent death or the difficulty or anything, then I'd say just just dive right in with this one. It's it's really great, and you can adjust difficulty settings. You can turn on and off the permanent death, and yeah, it's just a very very good game, very polished, and uh, definitely worth that nine point five I gave it. So cool. yeah, so I guess let's move on. Um, Mike, why don't you talk about what you've been playing? I've been playing Paper Mario Sticker Star, which uh, my friend had just left with me. Like, hey, I'm not gonna like. I started to play this game, but I'm like, he's gonna be busy for a while. So he's like, do you want to play it? I know you want to play it. So I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm just gonna send it back to him when I'm done. I really like it. I'm like ten hours in, and I have like, I'll go through binges where I'll just get a game and I'll just incessantly play it until I just destroy it. And I, that's that. I feel like that's coming up on this game, but I know you guys are saying that I'm about to get to a uh, point in the game where it stops being quite as enjoyable due to a lot of, I guess, fetch quests. You're gonna get <laughs> to a point where there's so many things, and it's not very clear and obvious which ones you need when, and then it just becomes a problem of running back and forth, getting things and using them where you don't think. I will probably them. use a fac. Yeah, absolutely. And this well. is the kind of game where, like, I really want to play it, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give everything the old college try, but I'm not going to, like, beat my head against the wall and be like, for, like, three or four attempts of, like, what am I doing wrong here? If if I get it wrong, like, once or maybe twice, I'm going to go to the fac. Yeah, you're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would almost recommend, I don't know, how I ended up playing it, I think I've talked about this before, is I just ended up reading the fact for the level before I played it, because not only is there an issue of what you need to bring with you, but there's there's just hidden sticker like things that you're going to need later on, and if you miss them, then it's not just a, a matter of like going to get it from your inventory. Then you have to actually go back to the level, find it, beat the level again, you know, and then go back to where you need it. So yeah, it's 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 a uh, I don't know. I really I really like like eighty to ninety percent of the game so far. There's sure. a couple annoying things. I don't know why they give you coins in this game. I've got 3,500 coins right now. <laughs> Why don't you just give me all the stickers for free? Because I've completely broken the coin economy. Like, I 
I have so many coins and nothing costs almost any coins. I've got 3,500 coins, and I think the most expensive sticker I've seen so far has been like 100 coins. I think what the coins are for a lot is building up that sticker museum in... I haven't gotten to that yet. Okay. Because I think you can put the thing stickers there, and if you need to rebuy all the different things... The things, because the things are expensive, but I like how at the end of the level, the the game just drops a shitload of coins on top (laughs) of you, like, get all the coins right now, you've got like four seconds. That's pretty awesome. I I will say... When you finish a level and you sit your 3DS down because you think you have a break. And then and the you're coins. like, no, the coins! <laughs> oh, man, I did that so many times. I, I think the coins will come into play, as you'll see, probably within the next, like, major boss. Um, I ended up spending a lot on the battle spinner. But, like, yeah, I don't use it much right now. I'll, Not right now, but definitely the next few, like, big major boss battles, you'll start to see that you need to use it. Um, yeah, but even that, then, it only right. costs three coins a spin. Well, but then it then it begins to cost more as you rig it. You know, you can like spend extra coins to slow it down and make two of them. Oh, automatically I don't think I don't think I've been given that option yet. Oh, okay, yeah, you'll see. You'll this see. Is, so that unlocks later. Uh, I thought, I thought it was could, there uh, right away. I thought it was there right away too. You'll have to oh, see. Next, shit, maybe the... I wasn't paying enough attention to Christy when she explained it to me. <laughs> you just have to hit the uh, X button again. The X button, yeah, and then you you put extra money in it to yeah slow it down and then to make two automatically match. No matter what, you'll get at least one single match. That's good. Right now, I only use it when I like I need to heal. Yeah, but yeah, it'll um it'll definitely come into handy uh, in boss battles. But the more you use it in a single battle, the more money it costs to continue rigging it. So that's like uh, where all my coins went, like huge boss battles. I would always spend like thousands of coins. Oh, so. wow. That's interesting. Y- yeah. Okay. So you'll see. You'll I like the sticker mechanic at first. I didn't. And I think the big problem with the game is they start you with like one page of stickers. Oh yeah. So <laughs> or, it's very easy to run out in the beginning. Yeah. You get, well, you, you get to two pages really quick or it yeah. starts with two and you get to three really quick. Um, I'm at, I'm at five right now and it's pretty manageable now because I don't have sure. too many big stickers st- sitting around, but yeah. I just got to the point where I can buy the blue door stickers. So now I have to keep like almost a whole page of those on me at all times. <laughs> have you gone back to all the other levels? No, to- not yet. Yeah. Is there good stuff behind them? It's just a lot of different things. Basically, what it is. Are there any? Are there health upgrades behind any of them? Probably not that I can Probably. remember. I, I wouldn't. I didn't open I all. Of them. Yeah, I didn't open all of them either. But yeah, sometimes you'll get like a good rare sticker. Sometimes you'll get a thing that you'll need later to progress in, in levels. And I'm sure there's health health power ups too. So I just beat I'm, I'm curious, sniff like, it. You, oh. Sorry. I, no, I'm go ahead. How you feel about the battles? Like, do you feel they're inconsequential like they're just a waste of time yeah i find myself if i'm in a rush like i know like i was playing like on my lunch break earlier today and i had like 10 five minutes left on my lunch break and i'm like crap i have to get to the end of this level i just like tried to avoid all the enemies because they don't do i mean you don't gain experience so there's really no benefit in fact the only thing that really happens is that you end up losing stickers in the net usually the only yeah. enemies I used to try and fight were the ones that gave you uh, special stickers. Like, you're yeah. not at the ice world yet, but there's an enemy that gives you, like, a snowball. Okay. And I found that item very helpful, so I just attacked those guys. And just yeah, I'll fight, like, the Boomerang Brothers are really good, because those Boomerangs kick ass. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, if it's just, like, I, they're mostly just there as kind of an obstacle, because fighting them doesn't do anything. Right, the only thing it does is give you coins when you beat the battle, yeah. especially if you do it perfectly. But yeah. you're right, I mean, you end up just wasting stickers, so it's like, what's... Do you yeah. really come out ahead? I don't know. Well, I guess I'm coming out ahead because I have 3,500 coins. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I agree. I think without any experience system of any kind, it, there was no reason... Even to if even if the you know even if the enemy's damage and health scaled with it, at least I would feel like I was getting somewhere. 
And though uh, yeah. something is changing though, because I'm at the point now where if I hit a Goomba with my mallet in the field, it just dies. Yeah. Oh yeah. So my yeah. mallet is getting more powerful, but only outside of battles. It's weird. Yeah. What ha- I'm trying to think of why why that is, but you're right. Like like if you go back to the first world now and you attack a Goomba, but instead of just like running into it, then yeah, then it must be tied. It. The amount of damage you do with the with your jump and your and your hammer must be tied to like the amount of health you have or something. Or maybe like how many pages you have in the book, or yeah, something. or something think, like that. I think I think you're right. I think your base. It's got to be tied to something more, more powerful, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. You'll have to update us again next week, like we were saying before we started recording. I think I think your like overall exuberance for the game will kind of will kind of so, come down a little bit. All right, yeah. I read, I just beat Sniff It or Whiff It. Like the little Snippet game show, and I thought it was really fucking well written. I love it. There's, oh, yeah. there's there's a couple guys in the localization team that just put like really dark jokes in there sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I like, thought the writing was really well done. Yeah, there's I the one those. there's the one joke in the Sniffit or Whiffit where they're like, we have our unpaid Sniffit or Whiffit interns hiding under these manhole <laughs> yeah. covers. Yeah, you have like, to hit them with awesome. your mallet. And I love those moments. There's there's a bunch in the game where like little just unexpected things come up to sort of break the routine. Yeah, um, which is great. Like it's it's a fun game, and like it, it's the world is great. The charm it's, is is really good. The 3D absolutely. looks. I was. It's kind of funny that a game with mostly two dimensional graphics looks really good in 3D. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it has great music. Yeah, the uh, music sticks in my head. I just bump 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 like all day in my head, <laughs> even when I'm not playing the game. Yeah, the music's great. Just good, and like even just good like remixes of classic tunes. And yeah, everything like. Why well, can't so. New Super Mario Brothers have such good music? That's what I said. Yeah, I mean, it just that game puts New Super Mario Brothers to shame for sure. But yeah, I don't know. You'll see where the complaints come. I recommend in. It, it, but I, I'm sure. I mean, I I have the benefit of going through it now. You know, a couple months after it's come out, so all the facts are really thorough. Right. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That definitely will help. I don't um, have to review it. I'm sure if I had to review it, it would stink because I wouldn't know yeah. what to do. Well, see, I ha- I, w- I reviewed the game, but we actually got a review copy for whatever reason, like, real late after the game had even come out. I think we got it, like, the day before, or maybe the day before the game was supposed to come out. But by then, there were even already facts, so... Well, actually, that- no, I was reading the facts, and at one point, they had me a little too prepared, because I learned that on the, uh, on the, what's the name of the, the cactus enemies? Is it a spiny or spiny? No, what are they? Um- I don't know. Whatever they are, the one of them is a boss... Yeah. And I knew ahead of time that a lot of people had had problems with it. What am I supposed to do? How I beat this boss? It is 300 HP. Oh, you have to hit it with the baseball bat. The baseball bat, So right. I went in knowing that. I hit him with the baseball bat on the first turn. It hit him right in the face, oh. so it didn't knock away any of his segments. And I'm right. like, still has 250 HP. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah you so, gotta wait until he's So I still three. had to restart the battle. So even, <laughs> even though I went in prepared, I still screwed it up. <laughs> And that's the thing. I mean, even if you, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, even even though you knew to bring in that item that you needed, to I didn't win. know I had to wait until all of his segments <laughs> right. were up, and, and I didn't. I still the, missed one of them, and I had to beat him with two segments. Right, and the game is so cryptic. I mean, there's just no way of knowing that. Yeah, it's just and like I built use, around this idea of failing and trying again. In the middle of the battle, Christy pops out and says, "If only we had something large to hit him with." And I was like, "Okay, right. here's, here's where I'm supposed to use the bat." So I use the bat, and then one more segment crawls up from the ground. Yeah, I was like, "Well." Why didn't you wait a turn to tell me to use the bat? You told me to use it too damn early. <laughs> yeah. Scott, you haven't beaten the game yet, have you? I haven't. I'm in World 5. The, How I, many I worlds are the there? Week, and the final boss is kind of just this whole chain of those events where you need to use certain thing stickers at specific times to succeed. Really? Yeah. 
in a good way or bad way and not not really good way but not not a really good way yeah with the thing (laughs) stickers i'm like i have all these thing stickers but i'm pretty sure all of them have a special purpose so i never want to use any of them in battles yep yep and you'll never know which ones you need when until you're there and then you have to go back and get them yeah like i there's no there was nothing leading up to that to that battle with the cactus thing that let me know I was going to need a baseball bat. As soon as you get there, you're like, oh, this whole battlefield looks like a ballpark. (laughs) And the name, I guess the name of the level is like something, something stadium, but it doesn't look like a baseball stadium from the outside. It looks like a tower. Right. And as you're progressing through the level, I mean, it's like, there's like funny, like Egyptian and stuff. There's nothing even remotely baseball related up until the moment where you're supposed to figure it out. And by then it's, it's too late. Yep, you're at the very end of the level, and there's like just no going back. So you pretty much just have to die, and then try it again. There's a save point right before it, which is nice. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, yeah, it's it's you know I'm ragging on it a lot because it's there's it's it gets a couple little things wrong. Just like Nintendo, and it's funny because Nintendo's usually really good about telegraphing what the player is supposed to do next. Mm-hmm. Like especially their especially their Japanese development teams, they're always like, we're going to lead you along the way, you know, and it's going to be challenging, but you're never going to feel like we cheated you. And I feel like this game cheats me sometimes. And it's, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's not horrible. It doesn't do it egregiously or anything, at least not yet, but it's, it's surprising from a company like Nintendo, especially Paper Mario, which is ostensibly a child-friendly RPG. You think they wouldn't blindside kids like that. Right. I can't even imagine like a kid playing this game. I don't think, I don't think you could get through it. I mean, I think like a a teenager, obviously, but like a a 10 year old, I think would struggle. Oh yeah, Absolutely. The battles oh. are fun, though. I, re- I like that they kept the, the active battles where you have to hit the buttons to boost your attacks up and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, totally. Classic. Yeah, the battle system's a lot of fun. And, yeah, stickers, I mean, yeah, I think are actually pretty fun to use. Yeah, they are. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm excited to get some more <laughs> insight from you next week. Cool. We'll see how your, uh, how your tune has changed. Um, Patrick, uh, what, what have you been playing this week? Oh, I've been playing two different games, so I guess I'm going to start with the, the one that came out I guess it's been out longer, which is The Cave. And uh, I I was hearing different things about this on Twitter. Like, Neil was really, really down on it. He didn't seem interested in it. Well, but just because there was no off-TV play, right? Yeah, that's probably <laughs> it, But which isn't a huge deal for me. Like, I love off-TV play, but I don't think this game is missing out so on anything. So good, off-TV play. Oh, yeah. off-TV play is so good. It is good, but you can survive without it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but the game, it's really well-written, really funny. The only character that really talks in it is the cave itself. And I, I guess, describe how it works. You Basically, there's seven characters that you just choose three of these different characters for, and you can just switch between them at any given time while you're journeying through this cave. And each character has their own specific area, which is, and the whole thing is just kind of like this puzzle platforming. And it, it's very specific puzzles, like only one solution. It's not like a physics-based type deal at all it's just using items interacting with each other in certain ways to progress to the next room and i think it's really great how many times have you beaten it just just once so far just i once. need to go back like that's the thing because there are the seven characters it encourages you to go back and choose a different set of three and go through the game again and experience completely new areas right with, with different unique puzzles for those different yeah. characters yeah I hear, I hear the writing's, like, excellent. Like, the game's very, very funny. Yeah. I mean, it's very ominous, I guess, because at least in the three areas I've done so far, at the very end of it, you kill somebody, the, the character. It's like some deep, dark secret within the character. They need to wow. commit this murder. <laughs> wow. Uh, Interesting. 
<laughs> it's very dark and the cave kind of pokes fun at this where he's just like what's so what's like, the actual gameplay is it like platforming it, it's platforming and just interacting with these objects in the environment in unique uh, ways like at one point you need to, need to uh, climb up a ladder but the ladder is just out of reach so you need to climb down to the basement it's like this house that's inside the cave you get an umbrella out of the basement go back up to the top so you can pull down the ladder so you can go up the ladder. Oh, uh, Doctor Who, Doctor Who, yeah, anyone? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's I mean, it's like an old school adventure game. Um, so it's, it's, it is like so it's not like a, an action game or anything. No, not no. Okay, because I had heard someone explain. I thought I heard Metroidvania thrown around with it somewhere. So it, it's very straightforward. I'd say it's less Metroidvania. Okay, right, and the I and mean, each no, no action is somewhat Metroidvania, I guess, but they're not very large. But it's, so it's more like a classic adventure game, like Maniac Mansion or something like that. Yeah, I, I think it's the same guy that did Maniac. Yeah, I know. It, I know. Ron Gilbert wrote it. Yeah, and Tim yeah, Schafer, yeah. his company. So exactly. Yeah. So it's like almost. I hear yeah, people describe it as like a spiritual successor to that game. Okay, I probably uh, won't like it then. <laughs> in terms, in terms, at least the tone. You know, I don't know. I think so. all those games are really funny, but I like the gameplay is completely uninteresting to me. So I can't get. They can't get their hooks into me. It's you have no love for Zack and Wiki. <laughs> Zack and Wiki was really good. It was really good. I mean, that was basically I, just an I guess if game. you like Zack and Wiki, this would be the type of game for you. I guess the gameplay kind of scales exactly to that, except it's less of a 3D environment and more of a 2D environment. Right. That's cool. How long did it take you to beat once? Only like four and a half hours. Okay, that's not bad. I, I've been like just about to buy this several times and then just haven't. And mostly because I've been trying to get so much Fire Emblem done the past two weeks, but... uh yeah, I will probably download this sometime soon. It's kind of great. Is on your second playthrough, you get to skip the areas that were. Uh, there's areas that are not character specific; they're just kind of general puzzle rooms, and you get to skip those on your second playthrough, so you can get right to the new content instead of replaying some of the old stuff. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. That's a smart decision. Yeah. It's kind of funny that I was just ragging on adventure games because I just realized the other game I'm playing right now is I just started the Walking Dead game. <laughs> Oh, oh so there good. you go. Which is like a total <laughs> adventure game. Are you still on um, episode one? Oh, yeah, I'm not even finished it. I've only put into like maybe an hour into it. Oh, okay. It's that really good. It. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's very well written. I'm still in episode. Yeah, That's what I'm I hear. Still in, I'm still in episode two. I, I got Fire Emblem and had to put that down. Carl says, to uh, back to it. Carl says it's the best Walking Dead anything. He says it's better. He thinks it's better than the comic book and the television series. I remember the week the Wii U came out, they released the last episode for the Walking Dead game, and I did not play Wii U that entire night and just played Walking Dead. To, con- you know, to connect this back to Nintendo, one thing is I really wish this game needs to be on Wii U. Like, the whole, the way in you interact with the game, like, it would be so much easier if I was doing it on a touchscreen. Like, if I had, I have an original iPad, so games like that don't run that well on it. But if I had like a nice new iPad, I probably would have gotten the iPad version because I think it'd be a lot easier to play the game with a touch interface. It seems almost designed for that. What, are you, just, what are you playing it on now? I'm playing it on the Xbox. Oh, okay. See, which I'm is really on, good. I'm playing on PC. So and you like, can just click on stuff, not a right, problem. Yeah. Right. But the Xbox, you have to like, you know, move you have to move things around. The way it works is like you have to move the cursor with the joystick and then you use the face buttons to do like action commands on them. Mm. So if like a zombie's coming at you and you have to like quickly react to it, you have to move the joystick over to a target that pops up on the zombie's head, and then you have to press like a QTE pops up. As soon as you get the the cursor lined up with the target, the the thing lights up and it has like A B X or Y on it, and you have to press it real quick. And then right. sometimes you have to do that multiple times. And I feel like if this game was on Wii U, 
it would be perfect because I could just do it all on the touchscreen and I could play it off TV. Right. Absolutely. Well, when they make Walking Dead season two, I'm sure it will come to Wii U. I, I'm, you know, what? I'm kind of holding out. I've only bought the first episode on the Xbox, and I think I'm. If I like it, I think I'm going to try and stick it out and wait to see if it comes out like a definitive edition kind of. Because it won Game of the Year, so you know there's going to be like a billion Game of the Year editions of it at retail or something. And if I could oh, pick yeah. that up for, or digitally for Wii U, I think I might do that. I might even rebuy just the first episode for that, just for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. I I do think that interface would be a lot better. And I mean, it seems like a no-brainer to bring it to... to you know, and especially because Nintendo's looking for all these... Like, you know, they're they're really trying to establish themselves on the on the, in the digital marketplace. Well, a good way to do that would be to get the game of the... The game that gave... Just one game of the year that, oh, by the way, just happens to be a downloadable title. Like, yeah. what? This, you need to do it. If you want people to take you seriously, you need to get this game on your platform. Yep, it's all right, though. They're getting that Walking Dead shooter game. That makes oh, sense. yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh God. God. Have you seen that trailer? I have not. <laughs> oh, man. You need to see the trailer. Well, there was, like, there was, like, gameplay footage that leaked, and that looked horrendous. I mean, that looked, I mean, it looked, like, way worse than Zombie U and had, like, none of the atmosphere and just interesting mechanics of Zombie U. I mean, this looked it's boring really shooter. bad. They've released a bunch of, like, after the first trailer came out and it wasn't any, like, no, it got really poor reception, they released a bunch of new screenshots to say, hey, look, it's much better, and, like, all the screenshots have basically no zombies in them, and the ones that are there are, like, super zoomed out, so you can't see how good or bad right. they look anyway. And then, and then like, a week or two after that that gameplay footage came out, they re- released an official trailer, and it shows absolutely no gameplay footage, and it just has two characters from the TV show, like, two actors from the TV show, talking about the game and, like, why you should check it out. It's, like, 30 seconds long. Like, and, oh, yeah, it shows if you didn't know already, game. like, Stay clear. Like, did yeah. you think this was damage control? Because I'm pretty sure all you did was make it worse. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. You should look it up. It's it's very well. We fun. can't show them the game. It's not good. <laughs> Just have the actors talk like as if they've even touched this game. <laughs> hey, listen. That, those guys did six hours of VO work one day, okay? <laughs> I don't even think they're in the game. I don't think it's based on characters from the uh, TV show. Of course no, no, I think not. it's those two. Oh, is it those two? Is I it okay? Those. Okay, my bad. Well, yeah. still, it's it's very bad, <laughs> very bad. Um, you mentioned Zombie U, Scott, and I forgot. I've been playing that too recently. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. I played I'm, the I'm demo. the nursery, and I'm at the point where you need to collect the seven letters. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm just not going to do that. That seems like such a chore, and I don't want to bother. <laughs> oh, I think you have to do it. I know, which is why I'm not going to do it. <laughs> just done. <laughs> It's very easy to find them. I mean, you can get them all within like an hour. Really? Yeah. I, it's I don't easy. know where any of them are. Do you, well, if fact. you go to well, you could use a fact, which would be very easy. Or I mean, if you go to the you know your your monitor inside the uh, the safe house, and then you look at the you know you can see camera feeds for all the areas you've been. Well, that's the problem. I haven't found all those camera feeds. I think I, it'll still show a, like an envelope. Um, you know, let you know that that's where one of the letters is, and they're I mean they're very easy to find i mean because i mean you you mostly see the entire area just walking through it when you go through it the first time so it's just like go down an empty alleyway you didn't go before you know or something like that i mean it's very i had no problem finding them i guess i'll go back to it at some point just you you should because the end of the game is so awesome you shouldn't stop now if it's really an issue just just really like mike said just get a fact you mean you're not losing anything in doing that you should you should totally stick with it. 
Well, my other gripe, my brother's been playing the game too, and he's about halfway. He's at the point where you uh, need to go get the, the gasoline to refill the generator. Okay, so he's going to the nursery, yeah. Un- he has to go to that guy's apartment. Oh, first. right, yeah, the gas station but first. Yeah. He got a game-breaking bug where he can't translate the writing on the wall with the pad, and it won't let him translate it. Hmm. I was I was reading about it online, and I guess it's happened to other people too, where the the prepper pad or whatever just doesn't translate the letters for you. Huh, weird. So he's stuck, and he's just done too. <laughs> That's lame. Yeah. Huh. I wonder. I wonder why that happened. That's weird. So he can't just a use a. So is it? You. Does it decode differently for every player? Because couldn't he just use a fac? I think it does. It's just oh, a random forge. Jesus. Right. There's like I think there's two doors in the game where the code stays the same, but yeah, everything else is like randomly generated each time. Of course, because they want to make it so it's replayable. Right. But did oh. he, he? And he got the upgrade, so he should be able to translate yeah, he, because you because have you, to get. You need to get the upgrade to get out of the Tower of London. Right. Yeah. It's it's weird when he's at the Tower of London. There's just a helicopter like floating there in the sky, like it's all bugged. Nothing is weird. going forward. Yeah, that's really weird. Wow. Well, I've played the demo and I can't beat it. I tried to beat it twice. You can't beat the demo. That's awesome. Where do you get where you? Um, the first die? time I the first time I was just totally fucking around, so I don't really shouldn't even really count that one. But the second sure. time, I uh, I got to the point where there's that static zombie ghost thing in yeah. the basement. I assume that's probably very near the end of the demo. Wait, there's know. a, they there's a ghost one in the demo that I got. Put them in the nursery. Yeah, what do you do in the demo? Like, where are you? Um, I don't know. I guess it might be the nursery because the first room is like like a bunch of like children's furniture. Wow, they do the nursery for the demo. That's crazy. That I, it's only like well, you only go into like <laughs> four or five rooms at the most. Uh huh. So I don't know how big is the nursery. I mean, it's like. Three floors, but I mean, it's not, it's not huge. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I think you only go through rooms. part of the nursery then, because I only remember going into like four or five rooms at the moat. Well, it's maybe and like you, three, and then you, and you end up in an alley at some point, you leave the nursery, and that's like, then you go downstairs, and that's where the freaking ghost zombie thing is. And you, you manually go downstairs, or do you like fall through the floor? Yeah, you fall through the floor, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, so yeah, that that's the nursery. That's like and, that's probably the best level in the whole game. Well, I that's guess that's crazy. why they picked it for the demo. I mean, yeah, it's, that's it's, it's terrifying. Oh so. yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah, I mean that's a good one to pick just because there's such little action for so long, and then yeah, and then but I imagine see right I, you go in with like basically nothing. Like you go in with like a handgun. Yep. I mean, it seems like the the nursery takes place later in the game. It does. You know? yeah. So you'd probably go in with a decent amount of weaponry at least. Nah, not really. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Zombie U. You don't normally carry uh, that much with you. You find a crossbow in there. Yeah, the, the crossbow. You won't find a crossbow there in the the regular game. You find the crossbow earlier. But yeah, like Patrick's saying, you don't really carry a lot with you because you have such limited inventory space that it's like if you carry a lot, well, then you're not going to be able to pick up stuff that you find. Mm. And a lot of times, you don't have very much ammo, so it's like pointless to carry like some of the machine guns because I mean, right. you're just not really going to get much use out of them. Right. Normally, um, I just carry the pistol and the bat, and then maybe like one assault rifle. Yeah, j- just in case. Yeah, just in case things get. Harry. Harry. Yeah, same with me. And then I'd have a couple um, grenades, a couple um, of the flares, and then like just some health refill items. But yeah, never very many like straight on weapons. So okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's enjoyable. I think I'm going to try and get it when it's on sale if I can get it for like half off or something like that. Yeah, you definitely should. I, I would bet you could probably even find it a little cheap at GameStop now, but maybe not. I don't buy used games. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. 
That's interesting that they made that the, the demo level, though. I had no idea. I just assumed it was the opening of the game. I don't know. And then I also played the Rayman Legends demo, which kicks ass. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I think we've talked about that before, so. Probably. Can't wait for that. I was just tweeting today that, like, once that game comes out, I will forget all about this Wii U, like, shortage of games. That... I'm just playing Super Paper Mario, so I, or not Super Mario, Sticker Star, so it's, yeah. I don't even care. <laughs> Yeah, just wait till next week. I actually had a bunch of friends over last weekend, and we played a lot of Nintendo Land, which was nice because I haven't had a chance to play it like in basically since it came out. Yeah, we played a lot of that party uh, setting. Yeah, we beat like the first eight levels of the Zelda game, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so Patrick, anyway, go back to Zombie U. But what what else have you been playing? I've been playing Puddle, which just came out today, as of this recording, on the Wii U eShop. So those who say that there is a game drought, you are kind of right and kind of wrong. Uh, now, when you did well, you it's not really a drought did, anymore. Now that we've got oh, a puddle, oh, man. oh, didn't even know. Beautiful. But, I, the game you you could compare it to fluidity. It's basically the same concept where you're kind of just moving this liquid back and forth across different levels, just trying to reach the end. Where I guess fluidity kind of has more of a goal base, like collect or whatever you do in fluidity. I'm actually not that sure. But what's different about puddle is you take on you, you control different liquids, like there's some points you're controlling nitroglycerin, sometimes you're in like the bloodstream of the human body, and it's kind of this entire interwoven tale where it's the liquid transferring itself, like uh, at one point you become like a juice drink, which the guy drinks, which goes into his body, and then he goes to the bathroom, and then you're in the sewer system as rat goo, and it just kind of keeps flowing, and you move <laughs> from one point to the next. Interesting. Huh, that's pretty awesome. It's really strange, but the problem it faces is that each fluid, while it has its own unique properties, they're not really expanded on. Like, it's just kind of like hit and miss. You're playing as this thing with this type of properties for two levels, and then you move on to the next thing, and no real idea sticks for that long. So, Neil kind of compared it to Night Sky, where in Night Sky, have you guys played that? Not sure. No. In In that game, there's just many different ideas that are just thrown throughout the game that are all different and they don't really come together in one cohesive experience. Sure. So it's just like do one specific fluid for a little while and they just never come back to it. Yeah. How do you um, control the fluid? I mean, are you tilting the gamepad? That's like a, fluidity? You can, or? you can use the tilting of the gamepad, but that's just awful. You just <laughs> use the ZL and ZR triggers. Okay. Um, there's one specific, when you're in the human body, to make the fluid move, you kind of have to make it kind of like pump through the bloodstream so you have to tilt left and right left and right oh, that's back cool. and forth to like build up what did they call it like tension or whatever sure to push the blood through i can't imagine doing that with the tilting controls <laughs> because you're trying to also navigate around obstacles and stuff while you're going yeah and you're violently shaking the gamepad back and forth <laughs> I yeah that's imagine no good was this originally a, a steam game did you say it was steam it's on psn xbox oh, okay Live. It's, okay Let's make the rounds everywhere. So but this I, is a this is a game that's come out on a million other platforms and it's finally coming to Wii U. So Walking Dead has no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked it. I didn't like it a lot, but I liked it enough. Would you uh, give it in your review? I gave it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. How much was it? I think it's eight dollars. I don't know. Eight dollars. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you wouldn't have paid for it, but yeah. Hmm. I okay. think it was eight dollars. Cool. 
Not bad. But you might recommend it to people who are looking for something to do on their Wii U's now? I, I would definitely recommend if you are looking for something to do, which I'm assuming a lot of people are. <laughs> yeah, probably. Unless they got the cave, in which case they might still be busy. Yeah. If I mean, I, I think I know the answer, but if you could only get one of these right now, which would you say, the cave or puddle? I'd say cave. Yeah, I thought so. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you should do that. Yeah, I absolutely will. Um, okay, so I think that does it for what we've been playing. Mike, uh, you've been silent for a while, so I assume what you're playing right now is more Mario? Yeah, I'll, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. All right, guys, well, thanks for being here. I was organizing and, um, my stickers and oh, there you go. converting things. That start button organizing your stickers. Oh, it's the best thing. Best. I just hate that it puts the big stickers in the front. Like, put them in the back. I'm not going to use those. Yep, I always move them to the back, yep. <laughs> Alright, cool guys. Well, thanks for being here, and um, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget you can send your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and please rate and review the show on iTunes.